0: Welcome to the end-to-end podcast with Derek and Carl Francazzi on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, or any other platform you may be listening in on. This is episode 11 of season 1, and today we're reviewing the Carabao Cup Final between Spurs and City, the European Super League drama, and our Big 5 Leagues review. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to follow us on all social media at end-to-end podcast with the number 2, and feel free to donate directly to the podcast via listener support which helps the podcast host and create better content and leveling up our podcast for you all. Derek, let's start in England. Carabao Cup final between Tottenham and City. City winning it 1-0. City winning their fourth straight Carabao Cup. Uh, American goalkeeper Zach Steffen was in goal for the final, comes up with a big save to keep the clean sheet. Derek, what was your reaction to the game?
1: I think overall, it was just a game ran by Man City. I think going in, we kind of expected it, especially after the sacking of Jose Mourinho, the only coach that has ever beat Pep in a final. So, I think going into this, we kind of expected it. Even if Jose was on the other side of things, I still think that Man City come out of this with a win. I I don't think that Spurs really have the talent to go up against Man City's team, and it kind of showed.
0: I mean, I think it was uh it was great to see Stefan in goal for City, yeah, uh, Especially after his blunder kind of that happened in the FA Cup semis versus Chelsea, where a lot of people were just like, "What is he doing?" Kind of like just leaves the goal wide open, and he just gets that tap in. But you know, he makes a really big save for City to keep the clean sheet. Uh, but I agree with you. I think it was just it was all City throughout that game. It was more of a of a question of when would City score and how many they would score rather than if they score. Yeah. Uh, Spurs. I mean, to be honest, it looked like a Jose Mourinho team in terms of like there was just no real push going forward. Very defensive, even when they did look to possess, they had no. I guess you could say real intent to to try and penetrate and get forward. Yeah. Um, I think I, I a little I disagreed with you a little bit. I think they would be much better off with Jose in this game than a manager who's you know it's the second oh, game yeah, in was- charge, Ryan Mason. And, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, that they'd win. I, I agree with you there. But at the same point, I don't think Tottenham play as poorly or without as much venom in this final oh, yeah. as they did. I think, you know, these these players may not love playing for him. But in a final where you know you're playing against City, those are the games where I think playing for Jose, he's it's very easy for him to motivate the team and get them to play the style he really wants to. So,
1: yeah, I, I think that um I'm, I'm more so focusing on the resolve things where I don't think the result changes, even if he is the coach. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have played better or worse. I think it's just even if they had played better, I don't think it would have mattered because I still think Man City win the final. Well,
0: or what's your thoughts so far on Ryan Mason two games? in, I mean, it's, it's a little bit too early to draw a conclusion on how his managerial career will you know, how his path will go. But, um, you know, they get the winning in Southampton this past week. Um, you know, I wouldn't say in convincing fashion uh, yeah. and then a tight game, but I would say a dominant performance from city's point of view against Tottenham. I mean, what, what's your opinion so far on the Ryan Mason two game span?
1: um I I think that he's just kind of a stand-in I don't think that it's like a you know Solskjaer at Man United or anything like that I don't think they're gonna actually sign him to a contract and try and keep him there I think they're gonna look to sign someone else you know anyone out there Bonita is sorry
0: Mm -hmm. Maurizio sorry your favorite manager
1: no not my favorite manager but it is what it is
0: oh come on you love Maurizio
1: I, we are not, we are not ganging him. (laughs) I do not. I do not like sorry, but you know what? He's better than Ryan Mason. So I'll give him that. At the moment. I would hope he's
0: better than Ryan Mason two games in. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I, I have to agree with you a little bit in terms of, I think he is just going to be a stand in, but there doesn't seem to be really any real bump with Ryan Mason. The team doesn't look to be performing that much better. I saw some people saying like Spurs, you know, played a lot better against Southampton. I watched that game. I mean, Southampton could have been up two nil in the first half, up one nil after three minutes. Missed yeah. a few easy chances. I mean, that game could have been over with before the before halftime. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I don't I don't see any. I guess you could say theme with Ryan Mason of like what the the image is for his sort of play. Is it Jose Style? I don't know. Maybe he is a defensive manager. That's what it looked like, at least in this final. Yeah. They looked like they played not to lose rather than to actually go and win it. Uh, so I think right now, like you said, he's definitely just a stand-in for me, and I don't think he's going to be there much longer than until the end of May uh, at this point. So
1: we'll be getting reports next week that they've that <laughs> they signed yeah, a new plan manager. to hire someone
0: else. Um, Derek, let's talk about the other side of this in Manchester City a little bit. Four straight Carabao Cup, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, as much as you know, we don't value the Carabao Cup, I guess you could say, in a world uh, on a global stage. Um, but four straight cups is nothing to scoff at. No. Um, and then let's also talk about Pep's record in the finals. So, in, in finals, Pep has 14 wins in 15 matches which includes two matches against Sir Alex Ferguson in the Champions League final, obviously with a Barcelona team, but still, and then 34 goals in 15 matches with only five against how, what's your reaction to that number? That's insane. (laughs)
1: you're telling me that you're averaging around oh you know two goals every match even in the like one that he's lost like he averages like all throughout two goals and then only allows like 0.33 a goal throughout (laughs) that's that is ridiculous um i even with his one loss i had he only allowed one goal in that it's not like he got like blown out or anything it was just one goal. Yeah, it's not like
0: all three goals came in that loss. Like they allowed yeah. one goal, they just couldn't find a way to finish. Yeah. And like That's you said, it was against Jose Mourinho. It's not like he, you know, lost to I don't know Frank Lampard or something or some guy that had that isn't proven, you know, or something. Yeah. Like he lost to you know arguably one of the greatest managers in in modern history. Hmm. Um. No, his his record is untouchable. Uh, if he continues that run, you know he's averaging a trophy every 153 days. If he continues this for five to eight more years, it'd be hard to argue against him as the greatest manager ever. Gary Neville said it this weekend, who's been coached by Sir Alex Ferguson and said that he thinks Pep is the greatest manager ever. He thinks he's looking at that. And I I have to agree if he continues this for the next yeah. five to eight years, because the the resumes would just be so hard to, to look at peps and then look at Sir Alex Ferguson's and say, how, how is, Pep's not better. I understand Pep. You know, probably had an easier start in terms of he gets Barca, he gets Messi, Chavi, andiesta goes to Bayern, who are obviously the the club to be in in Germany, and then comes the City, where you know
1: you have money to spend.
0: Yeah, and you can just build the squad you want. But he he's definitely made every everything count where he's been.
1: Yeah and you also have to look at too like when you're talking about him becoming one the greatest like no argument about it the greatest manager it's actually a pretty short time span as well it's only 13 years he's been coaching he's Mm -hmm. only 50 he started managing when he was like 37 38 so it's like he has the time Mm to time is on his side same with guys like Zidane as well. Like he has time on his side to become one of the top managers too because he started so young. So it's just like crazy how how long these guys have to see how much they'll produce in their careers. That's really impressive.
0: Well, it, it really is and I I hope to see more of it in terms of just I don't want I don't want to say I want to see Pep win more and more and more. I want to see Chelsea Real Madrid win, but uh to see greatness is, is something that we should cherish. Um, I always say this when people argue Messi, Ronaldo. They argue Jordan, LeBron. They argue you know any anything, Floyd and Muhammad Ali, whatever. Just, just appreciate what they bring and just take it in because we're lucky to have it. Because when it's gone, it's gone. You're never going to be able to watch it live again. You're never going to see this live again. So just enjoy it. Um, you can have your opinion, but just sit back and enjoy what it brings. You know, yeah. Uh, so no, it's great to see, and you know, good for Manchester City, a terrible loss for for Spurs as they, you know, lose another chance to get some silverware in that empty, <laughs> <A> empty trophy <laughs> cabin they've
1: got, cobweb filled, dust filled. <laughs> you open it, you sneeze.
0: <laughs> Man, I mean, Levy is gonna be. Uh, He's going to be gutted, especially after how much pushback they've gotten on this European Super League, which is our next topic. Derek, let's talk about this European Super League not dead yet. Uh, Florentino Perez comments saying club signed binding agreement cannot leave the league. Basically saying, you know, they can say they're leaving, but they have to either pay up or shut up <laughs> um, and, and, you know, get back in here. Uh, Then, you know, the Barcelona president, newly elected, says it's absolutely necessary. The biggest clubs create the most financial resources. We must have our say in deciding how the earnings are shared. So he's basically saying, look, if I'm going to, you know, sign up to play 20 games, I want to play against the best teams for 20 games and the most successful clubs so I can make the most money. Uh, And then you have Ed Woodward stepping away at at Manchester United. I I shouldn't even say stepping away, kind of got kicked out the back door. uh due to all the riot out front yeah. um Derek do you think there's any chance of this coming back uh in in, in when if it does and then what's your reaction to Edward Ed Ward kind of stepping away and really I mean I guess you could say it just wasn't expected in terms of how fast it happened
1: yeah and about the whole any chance it comes back it's just i don't think there is because the only clubs that really want it around are real madrid and barcelona at this point because everyone else has backed out 10 out of the 12 clubs are already out so i don't see this coming back unless they do a completely reformed version of it where someone else takes it over and says yeah we'll run this league for you and like actually like takes the right steps to get done and doesn't just announce it all of a sudden on everyone because I make back. it
0: just, Hey, you're Arsenal. So you get in, even though you've been terrible the last three years, yeah. you get in. Yeah. And I think
1: overall, like just reforming it to where it's actually a league and not just, Oh, here's our money grab for the year. It's just, <laughs> like I, I would definitely say that this version of the European super league is not going to come back, but I could, obviously there's going to be speculation now for years to come of whether this is going to come back or not. But in terms of this version of it with Florentino Perez vision, I don't think it will come back. I think someone else will bring it up. I don't think it'll be him though. I don't think it will be the way it was this time around, but Ed Woodward stepping away is I'm actually really happy to see it. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of
0: people were a lot of people, you know, a lot of, soccer people that we say over here, football people in general. uh, You want to see soccer and football people in soccer and football positions. Mm -hmm. And he was not that. And with Man United trending the way they were before Soul Shark kind of came in and righted the ship a little bit, there was kind of one finger or one guy to point at. And that was, that was Ed Woodward, who was their, you know, director at the time or director at the time of this. So, I mean what, what do you what do you think happens now with uh with Man United
1: I I mean I don't think much really changes for them I think him leaving probably helps them more than it hurts them Uh I think their fans will be even more happy to be fans of Man United I think they will be a little bit more like you know backing of the club hmm. And they already are very backing of the club so it's just it strengthens that club continuously uh, obviously I'll, it'll be interesting to see who they bring to up into that position, Fred Woodward, and who's going to handle that area, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's actually really good for the club. I think they're already on their way up, you know, they're mm-hmm. kind of trending back to the, I want to say the old Man United, but you know, a new version of it, something I think we'll have to start getting used to is Man United, maybe not being the top dog in the Prem. Because, especially with big clubs like Manchester City. That's going to be a powerhouse to come. So, But I definitely think that they're on their right path of continuously improving, and so they are back on top of the league.
0: I think uh, with Woodward, um, it's kind of crazy how fast it came out and the way it came out, but it wasn't unexpected, I guess you could say, in terms of I think a lot of, a lot of people see the heads of these clubs probably getting pushed out at some point with the pushback that they got from the fans. I wonder how the other heads will fare. So like the Glazers, uh, the Fenway Park uh, ownership that has Mm -hmm. it at Liverpool, how Stan Kroenke does at Arsenal. And, you know, Chelsea and Man City, their their owners in front office aren't getting as much push because it seems like the news said these owners only joined because if it were to go through, they didn't want to be the ones to be left out. So they kind of joined. Half-heartedly, and then we're like basically the first ones to jump out. Yeah. Um, so I think they might get off easier in terms of the actual the way it looks. Where Man United seem to be a big puller to try and get these guys, you know, to do the super league. Same with Liverpool. Uh Arsenal, no one likes Dan Cronke, it seems, if you're an Arsenal fan or if you're not an Arsenal fan. So I think a lot of people want him out. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of answering to do, calming of the mob uh in, in figuring out, you know, how they're gonna write, you know, the ship and what they're gonna do to move forward. Cause I think if you don't get some of these guys out, I th- I think it can raise its hand again. I really do, especially if Champions League doesn't continue to offer more like it has and it's you know kind of reform for 2024, which I don't love what it looks like. I think it kind of can it can trickle into a path of what the European Super League was, which is just you get in because you're who you are rather than what you did the season prior, which I don't love at all. I think you have to perform to get where you're at. I mean, the Lakers don't get in the NBA playoffs because they're the Lakers. They get there because they're the top eight teams in the West. Mm -hmm. Now there's no promotion relegation in that league, but at least to, to play in the playoffs where these teams make most of their money and, where they grow in fanship, is in the playoffs. You still have to earn your way to get in the playoffs, which is what the Super League kind of should be, is a playoffs from all the teams across Europe. Um, But I hope, you know, it, I, I could definitely see an attempt from this again, especially if, you know, Florentino Perez's comments are true, which is these clubs have signed a, you know, a binding agreement. Then these clubs are going to have to either, you know, put up or shut up. Because if they don't, yeah. you know, if, if they... If they don't pay whatever the dues are and they're you know going to step away, eh, I mean, hey, eh, great, I'd be happy, but it's going to be a lot of money on those clubs in the time that money is of of the yeah. essence, I guess you could say, in terms of not everyone is in the best financial state with what's been going on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it's dead. Hopefully this is the last nail in the coffin, maybe with uh, pushing some of these heads out of the, the back door and getting these clubs righted. Back to their, I guess you could say traditional ways and not with these owners that could care less about their results and more about what's coming through on the stock or what's coming through on uh, revenues and whatnot. So, well, Derek, let's do our big five leagues review. Let's kick things off in Spain. So in La Liga, Barca win versus Villarreal as Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid drop points over the weekend as Atletico lose 2-1 to Bilbao and Real Madrid draw with Real Batiste 0-0. Derek, who deserves the credit for Barcelona's turnaround?
1: Uh, outside of Messi, obviously. Yeah, outside of Messi. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I don't know because I think the team's just been playing so well in the league at least since they've been knocked out by psg i think psg though was a wake-up call for them so maybe was just that performance is what
0: is what deserves the credit like i mean hey they've been playing well all 2021 as well i mean once once uh that new year turned they've been playing a lot better yeah
1: and like i think with them getting knocked out champions league that was almost a wake-up call for them to be like oh, shoot, we need to start, like, putting together some performances now that this is kind of our only thing other than Copa Del Rey, and they've done really well at managing it. Obviously, Coman, I don't love him, but he does have a small hand in it because I don't think that with <laughs> their last manager <laughs> that this would be where they're at now. Mm. But obviously, you know, they're looking very much promising. They're still older, you know, roster to play with as well, though, so – It'll be interesting to see, you know, how next year fares for them. But this season has done much better considering the first half.
0: I mean, yeah, to to consider that they were 12th at one point and almost, what, 15 to 20 points behind. Looked like they weren't going to even get a Champions League spot. People were like, oh, Messi's definitely leaving now. Now you look, and I have to to say, Coleman deserves a lot of the credit here. So he's changed the formation. They're basically, they no longer play a 4-3-3. They don't play a 4-2-3-1. They don't play a back four with three center midfielders at all anymore. They play a 3-5-2. They let Alba go up the left, Sergio Dest up the right, or Roberto up the right, whoever's whoever he wants to play that day. You've got a back three with Frankie DeHong in it playing as a hybrid center back. He's playing youngsters. He's not just playing the big names. He's not putting Dembele and Griezmann out in the field because they're Dembele and Griezmann. You know, he's not just playing for the sake of playing names. He's playing Pedri, he's playing these youngsters that are coming in and making the difference that are hungry dogs trying to prove themselves. And they're at least playing at a solid, consistent level under him now since the years rolled over. Outside of that Mbappe masterclass that they got, you know, handed to him in that first leg. They have been a, a proper side and a good outfit for the for all of 2021. And to be fair, they probably didn't deserve to lose to Real Madrid a couple weeks ago. They definitely did yeah. probably deserve to tie in that. Um, you know, and I, I gotta I gotta hand it to him. As much as I'm like you said, you're not a Coleman, you know, fan, I'm not either, but he's done a great job. And I think maybe having a, a little bit of experience uh at you know in former positions has really helped him turn the ship around at, at Barça and they're looking like a little league of favorites at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to Real Madrid, though. Real Madrid, was Chelsea on the mind? and worried about Champions League on Tuesday?
1: Yeah, I think Real Madrid is is focused full on on Champions League. I think for them, it's either, you know, we can let go of La Liga as long as we're in this Champions League. Yep. But they would definitely rather, you know, not drop on Champions League and win La Liga. They, I don't think they care about La Liga, honestly. They're just kind of like, yeah, La Liga, eh champions league we gotta get that oh, like, i mean it's just...
0: yeah they know that that's the tradition of the club champions league yeah. comes first that's how they've built their entire status just to the champions league being european's greatest club um you know and they definitely value the champions league over la liga uh and i think zidane as well you winning three yeah. i mean winning four would be great he's got a <laughs> la liga tie. they were a la liga chance last year anyway so yeah it's not like they didn't defend their crown. They've actually played pretty well, you know, considering all the injuries they've had throughout the season. But I think if you told them, you know, you win the Champions League or you can compete and be really close in a title race now where Barca, you know, controls their own destiny, I think they're going to choose Champions League every time for sure. So uh, Derek, let's talk about the other Madrid side. What has gone wrong at Atletico? Uh, I mean, Ever since getting knocked out of Champions League, and I would say probably since December, January time, they've just been so inconsistent. Yeah. uh, Being able to get results. I
1: feel like, man, it's such a hard thing to put your finger on because it's not like there's anything that's changed. It's the same group of players, same manager. Everything's the same. They play the same. They, you know, it's just the performances have decreased. So maybe it's a training issue. Maybe it's the fact that they did got, get knocked out, out of uh, Camions League. Maybe it's that mm-hmm. as well. That has not helped them. But overall, I think maybe it's the playing style. You know, he, just, he doesn't have the players that he used to. He doesn't need to play that low block. You know, we burst out of it when we need to, but then we go right back into a low block when we lose the ball. I think he's – Diego Simeone has – gone so used to playing like that, that he does, he never really uh, transitioned his playing style into a, you know, we defend for this amount of time, but when we win the ball, we do this with it. Like, it's always been the same where it's just we get it back on the field and we just, you know, we keep going. And it's just he needs to progress how his team plays.
0: I don't know. I, I don't – there's nothing you can just directly point to. I'll just say this. No goals, no wins. They yeah. got to score more goals. Suarez has cooled off. He's not a consistent goal scorer to rely on since, like I said, December, January time. Chau Felix doesn't look comfortable up there by himself, so you mm-hmm. can't rely on him to score goals. Dembele from Lyon isn't really working out either, in my opinion. He doesn't really fit. So they're going to be on the hunt this summer for a center forward, I think. they They just need to get some goals in that locker room and that dressing room because – Lamar is not going to get it. Carrasco is a good winger, but he's not a consistent goal scorer. Yeah. You let go of Costa, you let go of Morata. I think they just they just lack goals. They really do. You're relying on Marcos, Lorente, Jal Felix, and Suarez at this point to score goals. And, you know, Saul and Koke are good midfielders, but they're not goal scorers. So they, they just got to get some more goals in them, to be honest with you. And, and when they do that, then, you know, that defense and that playing style can work because, you're going to be able to bag two, three goals from your, from your talisman and you'll be fine. But right now, if you're not bagging two or three goals, it's hard. It really is. You're not going to, you're not going to win every game. One nil, you know, you're not going to win every game two nil. You're going to have to, there's going to be games. You're going to need three goals, four goals, and you're going to have four twos and three twos and three ones where you need that third goal to just clinch it for you. So they just need some more goals. Maybe, maybe they go get someone like Ben Yedder uh, from Monaco who's had a good season. Maybe they can go and grab, you know, Gerard Moreno over there from Villarreal under Unai Emery, but they, they got to go grab someone that can come bring in some goals for them in La Liga consistently. So that, that's their issue right now. I think, in my opinion, it's just goals, goals, goals. You just need You just need someone to just, here's the ball, go get us a goal, and let us do the rest of it back here. And that's what they're lacking right now. Derek, let's move on to France in Ligue 1. Uh, the title race is coming down to the wire. So Lille has 73 points, PSG 72 points, Monaco 71 points, and Lyon at 67. Don't forget about Lyon. Um, <laughs> that top four all within basically five, six points. The top three within two points. I mean, <laughs> one game could decide it all here. Uh, Derek, who is your predicted winner in Ligue 1? My
1: prediction is Monaco. I think Monaco's. Oh, you, sh-
0: you looked at my notes. You bum. That's I'd my not choice. Your
1: notes. <laughs> your notes are only on your
0: screen. <laughs> <laughs> Am I sharing screen right now?
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm going to say Monaco, though. I think Leo will drop out. Monaco's on a hot streak. PSG's more focused on champions league obviously i think we got for manchester
0: them. city yeah yeah great
1: obviously <laughs> yeah, exactly they're sitting there thinking about man if we win to champions league that's all we're going to talk about for the next three years <laughs> who cares three, we three years <laughs> we're like 15 20 years we're like, They'll win like
0: liverpool, it's gonna be like liverpool with the premier league this past year
1: <laughs> they will they if they win like league one and drop out of champions league no one's gonna talk about it it's no. all gonna be like that's cool
0: psg had a great year <laughs> champions league they won that's all that matters
1: yeah if they win league one and drop out of champions league no, it's, it'll never be talked oh about.
0: psg <laughs> just fell short this season
1: yeah what a terrible season <laughs> pots needs to be sacked yeah seriously <laughs> it's just all gonna crumble uh, uh they're going to sell Mbappe, sell Neymar, sell the entire squad. <laughs> we didn't make Cammy's lead. Uh,
0: no, I agree with you. Monaco is my favorite. Uh, granted, they're two points behind Lille. PSG has the star power. I think Monaco just has that little bit of role right now. You, let me just read some stuff off here. So let's start with the dressing room. Okay, you got Cesc Fabregas, Ben Yedder, and Volland in, in, in this dressing room. Ben Yetter is on a hot streak, scoring tons of goals. Vollen is a veteran. Seth Fabregas, absolute veterans, won multiple titles. They're all, I mean, I would say Ben Yedder and Vollen are probably hungry to prove themselves. Yeah. Um, then you look at it five wins in their last five. Okay. Yeah. They have a 33 goal differential this season with 71 goals scored. Okay. These, this team <laughs> scores for fun. Okay. So that, that shows they have the firepower. And right now, they are on a nine-game straight clean sheet in all comps. Nine straight clean sheets. I'm betting Monaco all day. Their defense is coming in at the right time. They're still scoring goals. They've got hunger in that dressing room. Monaco has won Lagoon in the past, so they've got guys from that regime in the front office leading down to that dressing room. Monaco's got it. Leal will choke at the finish line. Like you said, PSG really, really focused on the Champions League. And I would say Lyon, as much as they aren't far away, I think they're just outsiders in terms of they've got a really tough closing schedule. Monaco has a much easier closing schedule compared to them. And I don't think Leo and Pia, I just don't believe in Leo. I just look at that. I just think they've been getting lucky to get this far. And like that PSG has been stumbling and they've just kind of played well up to this point. I think now pressures on eyeball eyeballs are watching and, Leo's gonna just trip and fall at this little
1: little thing. <laughs> Leo's line, gonna eh? start looking all around, like, "Why do I? Why is everyone watching me?" <laughs> yeah, they're gonna start looking. <laughs> starts getting self-conscious. Why? Why, yeah. why is everyone watching?
0: <laughs> no doubt about that. So, but hey, I got Monaco. You got Monaco. Let's see what happens. I, I really, I, it'll be fun. I mean, as much as I don't love watching Liguan and how boring it can be at times, it's a little. It's gonna be fun watching this little, you know, little title race coming in here at the end. So. Yeah. Derek, let's move over to Germany uh, in the Bundesliga. Hansi Fleek uh, out at the end of the year at Bayern Munich going to the German national team job, which is all about sign and finish, just waiting for the ink to dry. And Julian Nagelsmann is now in at Bayern Munich, or we're waiting for the fees to be wired and that ink to dry. Uh, Derek, is this another good move for Bayern Munich? Um, it's hard to call it a bad move, but
1: it's also not easy to call it a good move because Nagelsman's like he's proven, he's proven, but not proven. Like, I don't know what, what <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Let me explain. The thing about it is, is that proven,
0: but not proven.
1: He's c- coached at put it on high- a t shirt.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> the exactly. Un- the proven, unproven one.
1: He's just one of those guys where it's like, I think it's going to be a great move, but he's so young and I haven't seen him enough. Like, obviously, he's been coaching for about two, three, four years now, but there's nothing to say like, oh, yeah, great results come from this guy. He there's no league title. There's not nothing in Champions League. Nothing in European. I mean, they were in the alone.
0: semifinal last year, Le- and light. Yes. And he's at Leipzig. It's not like he's at Dortmund or he's I at know. like one of these major club. I mean, as much as Leipzig is a good club, I mean they're practically a, a fresh puppy in the Bundesliga. Yes, and
1: but that's like I don't know how he's going to mix with his squad. I don't know how he mixes when he does get that great talent in does Mm -hmm. it just stay the same or does he improve it that's my big thing is that can he bring your team to that next level or with the way they're performing under hansi fleet just keep it at that level and just raise it to where you guys continuously continue to win you know Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing but i think it's a good move for them going forward because i think it gives them a good consistency i just i don't know how it's going to end up with like Ten years down the line, can I say Bayern Munich have won this, 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 and this, or is it going to be? Oh yeah, they've been a great club for this long still. So, like, yeah. Yeah. You know. I,
0: I <laughs> I'm a huge Julian Nagelsmann fan. I, I love Julian Nagelsmann. I think he is going to be an excellent manager. I have the same reservations you have in terms of he hasn't won any major titles yet as a manager. Um, he's been at two. Clubs that you could say are good clubs, but not super clubs like he's going to at Bayern. Uh, And I think there's, there's some, some surgery to be done in this, in this dressing room. So it's a thin roster. It's not very deep. They've got a lot of youngsters they've relied on throughout the season, uh, including Musiala. You're going to be losing Boateng and Alaba next season. Uh, But the
1: bring and Upa Mokano. I
0: understand that, but there's no guarantee he's gonna be a rock star either. And you know, I I look at it too. You've got an aging Muller, you have an aging Neuer, you have guys that have been there a long time. Javi Martinez has been there a long time as well. Mm -hmm. This it's known as they've said Holly, you know, Hollywood Munich at times between the front office. He's a young guy. Is, is he going to be a rock star? I can't guarantee it. I think Julian Nagelsmann is a rock star manager. I just don't know right now at this point in his career if and what, is... what he's done so far will guarantee success at Bayern. I wish him all the best. I think he has the skills to be a successful manager at Bayern. I just don't – I wouldn't put my mortgage on it is what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So – Hey, I think but it may it's this it's the move that made the most sense for Byron because yeah, I think obviously. there's a bit of FOMO in terms of missing out on the next great German young manager when they kind of let Klopp slide by when he went to Dortmund uh, and they you know Byron kind of just let him go and they kept you up you know pine kiss at the time and then he goes to Liverpool and you know Liverpool kind of turned around and you know bit him you know when they knocked him out of the Champions League a couple of years ago so I think it makes the most sense for them he's a great you know, replacement. I'm. I hope it works out, and I think it will. But twenty six million dollars is a lot of pressure on a, on a mm-hmm. under forty coach with a very veteran led locker or dressing room and
1: a thin resume. As well. a, thin,
0: a thin resume and a thin roster. I mean, that yeah. roster is not that deep. They have a lot of talent, but it's about eighteen players deep. I mean, you lose four or five, like we you saw with. Lewandowski, he goes down. Chopin Motin goes in. They're not the same team. They're just not. Exactly. So, and at least in my next thing, Bayern dropped points this weekend. <laughs> terrible for, I mean, bizarre. Terrible. Yeah, bizarre. Versus minds. And I mean, Derek, is this, is there real drama for Bayern in this Bundesliga? Can Leipzig close the gap and, and, and snap at Bayern's heels at the finish line here?
1: How crazy would that be?
0: Oh, that'd be great. Could you could you imagine <laughs> Nagelsmann closes the gap, wins it with Leipzig, and then goes, "All right, I'm leaving <laughs> the team that we just caught up to and beat." Yeah, I'm leaving. See, twenty six million dollars, you know, in transfer fee for me. That's why they pay me the big bucks.
1: Well, like seriously, that would be that that would be insane. Like that would actually be pretty cool to see. But I just that it, it was a bizarre performance. So I mean, I I saw a few highlights. I didn't get to watch the entire game. But, like, the shocker that was... That um, your had? Holy, yeah. man. I don't know if maybe he just didn't notice it came off the guy's foot. You know, how you get that kind of angle with the ball where it's like, wait, is that coming at me? And all of a sudden it's there. But it was just very <laughs> weird. And, like, I will say, though, about seven minutes later, because it was pretty early on in the game, about seven minutes later, he made an absolutely amazing save. Yeah. Like, it was amazing to see it. Mm-hmm. But still, like... It, I feel bad for him because he doesn't let that shocker in and he makes that save. Everyone's like, wow, no, greatest goalie of all time. <laughs> Instead, it's just, yeah, wait, wait to like serve up for your mess up. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> you did the crime, so you had to do this." time type of yeah, thing. Like, seriously. Like it was, uh, it was, it was very bizarre. And then I saw that like Wuhan had a shocker of a miss as well, which yeah. obviously he's coming off an injury. But still it was a pretty yeah, fellow
0: Wendolski, regardless if he's coming off injury or not, you're thinking he's bagging that every day yeah. of a week.
1: Especially with like the way it just the way it looked was like, all right, yep, that's in. And like mm-hmm. poof, and he also did take a little bit of a spill. He slipped, but still yeah. it's just like yikes. <laughs> but yeah, it was a bizarre performance. Um
0: I I mean it it has to be, I think, and, and from my just thinking about it now. This has to be the worst performance I've seen them have under Hansi Fleek in a long, long time.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I this mean, is e- probably one even of the when worst they lost the PSG, in, you know, in the first leg, they didn't look bad. They just didn't finish.
1: Yeah. This has, this is actually probably one of the worst performances I've seen from Bayern. Yeah. F- for forever, because yeah. they're just that consistent of a squad. Yeah. I never, re- you never expect this from them.
0: You know? Yeah. It, and I think it, so just looking at what we're talking about right we talked about hansi fleek going out Nagelsmann coming in before we even talked about the game i'm sure that led into that dressing room a bit that the media the media news leaking in that all oh, this you know hansi fleek's leaving us who's coming in oh it's nagelsman and how they feel about that and i'm talking about that and then oh yeah by the way you have a game you know against Seriously, you know, like, minds but- who's you know just fighting for their lives and you know trying to get points here and yeah i think uh they they're definitely gonna need to steady the ship uh, or leipzig can come biting here at the end and you know i,
1: I will nagelsman's
0: just gonna go all out here and say screw it i'm going for every win and we're just gonna throw the you know most attacking sides probably out and just go for it
1: yeah and like i think that all these reports coming out terrible timing for Bayern overall like hansi fleek announced that he was leaving before they even went into the legs against PSG. Yeah. And then Nagel's reported obviously before this game, which it in their minds probably isn't like that big of a deal. It's like, oh yeah, it's mains. Like they, they can handle that. And I think that you have a good point where it's sitting on their minds and then they go in this game and they just have a very bizarre performance. And
0: they I mean, know- if, you, if you look at it, I mean, so before PSG in that first leg, they, they, Barely beat Leipzig 1-0 in a very, very odd performance, I would say. Very defensive. You know, lucky to kind of score a goal in that one. Then they tie Union Berlin 1-1. Then they squeak by Wolfsburg 3-2. They beat Leverkusen 2-0. And then they lose to minus 2-1. Now they have Mönchengladbach, Freiburg, and Osberg to, to close out the season. It is squeaky bump time for those guys. They're getting nervous. Yeah. And, like, competition is is catching
1: up as well, so it's just even more drama added on.
0: Yeah, I think the, the only good thing for them right now is that Leipzig's looking at Dortmund, Wolfsburg, and Union Berlin for their last three games, which yeah. none of those are guaranteed wins. I mean, Dortmund, yeah. you could argue they're not even the favorite. Union Berlin playing incredible stuff at the moment, and then Wolfsburg, is a solid outfit. So they've got a lot of work in front of them, uh, Leipzig, to, to close the gap, but say what barn played like they did against mines they got no shot at winning this title at all <laughs> unless unless leipzig's gonna frisbee it over to him and that you know the big dish they got over there <laughs> here you go yeah, it's a community shield on steroids that thing it's huge oh my gosh <laughs> Talking about trophies, let's talk about Italian Serie A and how it's going to be changing hands this season. I mean, basically, Inter Milan have clutched this thing out. They're just waiting for the confetti to be cannons to go. Uh, AC Milan losing to Lazio 3 0. They fall out of the top four behind Juve, Atalanta, Napoli, and Inter. Before that, before the AC Milan and Lazio game, Juve were on the outside looking in uh, behind AC Milan, but with AC Milan losing that, uh, and year winning, you know, they're getting closer to that, to that top four with their four wins in their last five. Derek, what's going wrong at AC Milan and Juventus this season?
1: Uh, Juventus, I think just <laughs> their squad is not as good as I think we all thought when they went into the season. They kind of, Going forward, it relies on Ronaldo to score, and then it's a question mark on who's next. You know, obviously they have – you know kiesa and other players that can score when called upon but mm-hmm. they're not regular goal scorers
0: yep
1: and then their midfield there, you know obviously in the middle of the season we're like weston mckinney is your best midfielder that's not really okay we love weston mckinney but he <laughs> should not be your best midfielder no and and then looking in their back line just old aging He you know, defenders that are catching up on injuries have a lot of miles on their legs just throughout their careers. And they're just kind of dropping out like flies, leaving younger players to have to step in, you know, Chesney's your goalie, which is great. But at the same time, it's like, you can't, it's not someone that can really handle having a poor defense in front of him. Let's be honest. Like it's someone that kind of does need, you know, decent defense at least. Because he can make those big saves. It's the ones that kind of just trickle by that, you know, end up going in on him. No hate towards Chesney. It's just the way he's been his entire career. And, you know, but overall, that's kind of what I've seen from Juventus as well as, you know, there's no real plan as well with Pure as your coach. He does – there's no – Agenda, you know, when they win the ball, it's just kind of we're going forward now, but to who we don't know.
0: Get hopefully it to we'll Ronaldo.
1: <laughs> Anywhere near the 18, is give it to Ronaldo. Oh, we won it at the six-yard box. <laughs> Kick it to Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah,
0: play it backwards to the center line because Ronaldo's back there.
1: <laughs> where's Where's Ronaldo? We're playing there. <laughs> and then, what's going wrong? AC Milan is just. Uh, if they've fallen apart, it feels like these past few weeks, like they've, they were going strong there for a while in the midseason. Yeah. And then they just kind of started pieces and falling apart. And I think what really hit them kind of hard was on getting hurt. That yeah. Not
0: lots on, lots on injury. I was about to say it's been a huge. I will not even say it's an effect on their performances, uh, but also on the, just the psyche of the team leader on the field. You mm-hmm. know, And he also got a red card the other day, which was kind of stupid of him. So, I mean, you know, I think, yeah, like you said, Zlatan just not being – because Zlatan at the beginning of the season was performing great, you know, almost peak – You know, I wouldn't say peak prime Zlatan, but definitely a good form of Zlatan
1: yeah.
0: uh, throughout his career. And this last, I would say, two months, he's been – just a pedestrian in the team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah, I, I, I agree with you on the Juventus thing too. Uh with Pirlo, I I just can't see like you said any real vision with him going forward. Uh they said earlier this week that, you know, if Juventus make top 4, are you going to keep Pirlo in the and the president was like, oh, yeah, we're definitely, you know, no because we're not going to not make the top four. And it's like, well, what if you don't? Well, we are going to make the top four. So basically what he's saying is if we don't make top four, we're firing PLO. But if we make top four, we're definitely not getting rid of PLO. I mean, I'd get rid of him either way. I don't think yeah, he's – right know. now in his point in his managerial career, he's just not ready to manage Juventus at this stage. Yeah. And especially going into the
1: type of rebuild we're going to be talking about for Juventus because – they just have so many holes to fill, and then mm-hmm. you have Ronaldo in the front, and Ronaldo's time to be patient. Ronaldo's going to like,
0: who knows if Ronaldo's even going to be here in two months' time?
1: Exactly. So it's just very, uh, you know, it's very edgy over there. I just, I don't think that's something you want to keep Pirlo around for. I think you need to go get someone else, and then tell Pirlo, hey, if you go be successful elsewhere, and then come back later on. <laughs> That's, you know, an opening you have. It's
0: like they need a a veteran leader that they got rid of that, you know, maybe, you know, has showed steadiness in his managerial career and Allegri. Like, oh, man, like, oh, how great does he look right now and trying to steady this ship of crashing and burning? I (laughs) I mean, you said it, you hit it around the head, just the amount of aging guys on this team. I mean, you got Murata up front with Cristiano. I wouldn't put any money in the, in the Murata bin to try and say, this is going to be my striker for the future. Your back line consists of Delik and then whoever's not injured, whether it's DeMiro, uh, De uh, uh, Chiellini, or Bonucci. Uh, and half the time, I, I swear, they had to have Chiellini and Bonucci on the bench just so they could yell loudly, from the bench onto the field to cheer them on because i never see them play man i never seen them play in the syria ever like it's just ridiculous like they'll play Sandro at center back and like Pinucci and keeling are like walking up and down the sideline with pierre like yeah come on guys like getting into them like trying to tell them what they should be doing i'm just like why don't you guys play <laughs> they can actually go out there Holy smokes! Well, man. we
1: didn't. What the news didn't report was: Keylor and Benucci are now assistant coaches. Yeah, the player managers at real. this point.
0: Yeah. Ryan Giggs when he was coach. <laughs> United. Seriously, give me the jersey. I'm going in. I'm going in. <laughs> Super sub, like, goodness <laughs> gracious. Oh man, like, and, and I, I agree with you on the AC Milan thing. They they just fell apart. I think they just they lost their momentum. Malant's injury. Uh, I think Europa League also. I think they put a lot of eggs in the basket of trying to get past that Man United tie, really pushed for it, didn't get it. And then you look at it, and now you have to rotate your lineups and you lose that little bit of chemistry in the team in those Serie A matches. They lose a couple, momentum's lost, confidence lost. Then you put in your real starters. And they're just not the same chemistry there anymore. And they're not as confident. And you see these these results kind of continue and, and slotted on getting a red card and just stuff like that. Things are just really went against them. And it sucks because, you know, less than two, three months ago, we're thinking AC Milan's back. Inter Milan might be back. And Juventus, you know, they didn't win this year. And it'll be more of a of a battle in, in the Serie A. Now it kind of looks like, all right, Inter Milan had a good year. Uh, But now Juventus is rebuilding and, you know, Atalanta is going to be rebuilding here pretty soon. And Napoli is going to be rebuilding here pretty soon with most of their guys aging out. So it looks like it's going to be like Inter Milan's new league, like just taking over. Oh, man. But let's let's talk about this year because the top four race is getting hotter by the day. Uh, Derek, who is your predicted top four for the Serie A to finish out the season?
1: I think it's going to be Inter number one. I think Atalanta really.
0: That you think Inter be number one? No way, man. That's of like course. that's a bold claim.
1: I know, right? Crazy. <laughs> I think Atalanta will come in second, and
0: Ooh. then I think
1: go, I think Napoli will go in that third, and I think it's gonna be kind of tight between Juve and Lazio. You know, I think that. You know,
0: wait, who did you have coming in at three? Atalanta or no? Who did it? Third,
1: Napoli. Yeah,
0: you have Napoli coming in at third. And then you have between Juve and Lazio for four. So you think Milan, AC Milan are just gonna crash I think gonna and burn,
1: crash burn out. out. Yeah. Mm. That's oh. that's my guess is though. it'll be a tight one between Juve and Lazio, obviously, with Lazio heating up and Juve just kind of stalling with the because Juve has the chance to get in there and they're just stalling on their performances.
0: The only the reason I kind of you know, was, hmm, when you said Atalanta was because they have Milan still on their sheet to have to play. And then they're also in the Copa Italia final against Juve, which you know they're going to take very, very seriously to try and win uh, because it's a piece of silverware that Atalanta is probably, you know, very hungry for to try and get. Um, so that's why I was a little bit like, oh, okay, you're choosing them. Now, I'd say I have Atalanta second as well because I think they'll get past those. Um, yeah. I have Inter one, Atalanta two, Napoli three. Uh, and then I have Lazio at four. I think
1: <laughs> you think I don't, and AC,
0: Monaco I think they're crash. both crashing out. I don't have belief in either of them.
1: Like I said, uh, I think Juve is stalling out, and I think Lazio heating up is just gonna, I think they're gonna shoot themselves well, up there. Lazio
0: so. are kind of on the same kind of run that, that Monaco that I said earlier kind of on. So they have the they have an easy schedule. Compared to Atalanta, AC Milan, and Juve, in terms of they're not in the Coppa Italia, they, excuse me, they don't have to play any real top-end teams outside of Roma. Uh, and then also, you look at it since being booted out of the Champions League, they've won five of their last six. The they've uh, had a tie against Roma, and then they've beat Juventus in that run. So I think they they have an easy schedule closing out. And then Napoli. They also have an excellent schedule to close out. Uh, that With this win against Torino, they control their own destiny. Basically, they went out and they're through without a problem. Where you know, Lazio has to make up some ground. Juventus control their own thing. But I wouldn't say I could put any belief in that side or, or that manager. Uh, then AC Milan, I think they've just – They've lost got, momentum. They've got three flat tires. And <laughs> they just, <laughs> they're just not getting there anymore, man. So <laughs> they're calling to the party and saying, hey, we ain't gonna make it. Yeah, we're gonna be about 30 <laughs> minutes late. And they're like, well, it's already two o'clock and people are headed home. So uh but yeah, no, I, I think I agree with you. Inter Atalanta Napoli, but then I have Lazio for sure in there, and I think uh and they're gonna close that gap, which is gonna be really fun to watch. And I gotta say, watching them today, uh and Lazio against AC Milan. I mean, Chiro Omoble and uh, Jacqueline Correa, what a tandem those guys are. And I, I, I want to see what's next for, especially Correa because of how young he is and his style of forward is very unique. I think Omoble will stay at, at Lazio for sure. I don't think with his age, what, pe- what Lazio actually ask for him if he does try and move. The only place I could see him even move would be inside of Syria. And the only place that I could see him actually go to that needs a forward, maybe Napoli and or Napoli and maybe Juventus. I don't think Atalanta would drag him over there, enter Milan, have Lotaro and Lukaku. So you really want to work there. So it it have to be an inside A move, which I just don't think is likely. But yeah. Jalkarine Correa, man, I would love to see that guy in, in in a in a team playing consistently in possession style and letting him drop into those gaps and connecting, and then making those run, late runs into the box and finishing those chances.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Immobile uh, is just – he's been impressive at the past couple seasons, man. Just the amount of goals the guy's been putting out. Since his <laughs> and it's game. not
0: like he's, like, a fantastic athlete. The guy's, like, my height, his, his pace is good but not great. It's not like he outruns everybody he plays against. Yeah. And he just gets in the box, and the ball comes – genuinely like generally in his area and he just goes top bid bottom bid and you know side netting you know oh goal is leaning right boom left like and he just snipe. like today his goal against ac milan he's you know 17 18 yards from goal just puts his laces through it hits like a 60 mile per an hour laser <laughs> beam smashes it off the post flies in the net i'm like holy crap man like it was it was so precise like it was like it was just on a rope directly to that spot didn't matter how he kicked it it was going right there it was something out of a video game man and he's he's in some great form and no it's really fun to watch and i would love, i really hope lasio closes it out and they get what they deserve from the season cuz they've been impressive throughout i really i really enjoy watching them so
1: definitely not like the drama we've talked about with ventus and <laughs> the drama oh, we've talked man. about with- you know, AC Milan Yeah, Chiro
0: anyway. Moble, when he hits his shots, it's on the right goal and not towards, you know, Chesney in, in front of a defender from Porto. He actually <laughs> puts it towards the goal they're attacking. So, a <laughs> little bit more successful.
1: I still love the text chats that we had when that
0: <laughs> It was uh, like Taylor Twellman when he did his round. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh uh, seriously just i just get a text what are they doing i'm like oh god i i i, I can't find the game because i i don't have a membership to anything <laughs> trying to get logged in finally you see the goal occur and i'm like what are they doing <laughs> <laughs> great question
0: i think Pierlo's is asking the same thing
1: i don't think benton knew what he was doing either oh
0: <laughs> uh. Well, that will do it for today's end-to-end podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please let us know via social media or via donation in our listener support on Anchor. We're looking forward to bringing you all more great soccer content in the near future. If you'd like like us to cover something specific, definitely let us know on social media, end-to-end podcast with a two, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or even our TikTok. Thank you for listening in, and we are looking forward to running end-to-end together again soon. Take it easy, guys.